Hey, what's up? It's Mike. And this is episode 11 of the Let's Run Forever podcast. And uh, calling this one back on the road again, and I'll explain um, about that in a little bit. Of course, as you can tell, I am back on the road again. If uh, you can hear my feet hitting the ground and I'm uh, breathing a little heavy, um, decided I'd bring you guys along for a run today. Well, actually half of a run because I didn't know if I'd be interesting enough to drone on for my entire three and a half mile run. So um, today I'm going out for 1.7 miles turn around and coming back, so I'll take you guys on my uh, so-called outlap, as they call it in the auto racing world, but uh, yeah, so happy President's Day, happy Monday, Um, hopefully you got the day off, Um, if you didn't, I'm sorry, (laughs) Uh, unfortunately I did, so um, I work for a pretty good company where we get a lot of holidays off, so this is one of them. But I've been pretty productive today. I uh, went to physical therapy and uh, had a chiropractor appointment, and now I'm getting my run in as I go back to the dentist at 3.45, and then I have some schoolwork to do, so I'm really enjoying my school thing. I don't know if I've talked about it all that much, but I'm taking a math class and a film appreciation class and really enjoying them. And four weeks into the semester, I have an A in both, so want to keep that going. I just decided a little while back I was going to go back to school and finally finish my degree. Um, I've been uh, putting that off for a long, long time. I had, you know, I went to school for two and a half or three years, and then I decided to get married at 21 and uh, started working and uh, just couldn't get back into it. But now I've got a lot of support from my family and Um, we have a pretty good tuition reimbursement policy at work, so I'm planning on taking advantage of that. I'm going to Elgin Community College now to finish up my associates and get a few other gen eds out of the way, and then I'm going to go to uh, Northern Illinois University, so hopefully I can get all that done in the next four years or so, but... Also, I just wanted to, you know, be a good example for for the kids. And, you know, I mean, Matt is, my oldest Matt is very motivated. So I'm not really worried about him. But, you know, I just think that it's a really good thing if you want to tell your kids, I'm waiting across the street here, if you want to tell your kids that you, uh, that education's important. You really got to back your words up. So that's what I'm finally trying to do. So, so I have some math homework and 
I have a couple movies to watch. Last week for an assignment, I had to watch um, Citizen Kane, which I had never seen before, and I was just absolutely blown away by it. Just what a fantastic film. And uh, can't wait to watch it again. So, so that's what my day looks like today. And then I'll be uh, batching it at home. I'll sort of batching it with my stepson Harry. And then my son Kevin will be with us this weekend because RC and my other stepson Spencer are going to leaving for Dubai on Wednesday, so I made that trip last year, um, and I'm, I'm very supportive of Spencer making the trip, because I think it would make a really big difference to him, but now that it's still a dead of winter, and she's leaving in two days, I'm kind of regretting that decision just a little bit, but I mean, I loved Dubai last year, and most of all, I loved the warm weather, which is very, very nice. So, um, <coughs> sorry, I'm looking both ways for across the street. Especially the warm weather. It's just, uh, you know, by the time we get to mid late February, just this uh, winter sucks. Um, admittedly, it hasn't been as bad as the last couple years when it just seemed like. We were always getting dumped with snow, and it was always, you know, below a lot of times, it was below zero, and so, it was cold the last few days, but we got about three inches of snow today, last night, and today it's right around 30 degrees, so that's not bad, and uh, hopefully, it's supposed to be 60 on Friday, <laughs> so... 60 on Friday and 50s over the weekend, so that'll be a nice respite to get us through the last two or three weeks until we get into March, so anyway, so yeah, it's, uh, like I said, just around 30 degrees, not very much wind, so it's really comfortable running weather, and um, I'm actually decked out in from head to toe, I've got on a Under Armour beanie and then wearing a long sleeve black shirt with my Frosty 5K hoodie on top of that. So I'll tell you what, that was a great piece of swag that I got from the Frosty 5K back in December. I've worn it quite a lot this winter, so um, I really like wearing hoodies. Not just, I mean, I guess that's a Midwest thing. If you live in the Midwest, you pretty much understand it. We, uh, we like our sweatshirts and our hoodies. So, um, so I have, uh, in the lower half of me is a pair of Nike combat tights. And, uh, in case you are part of that debate, no, I'm not wearing shorts over my tights. I told me today. Um, Under Armour socks, black as always, and uh, my Asics. Decided not to wear my Hoka's out today. Oop. 
All right, I got to step off the path for a minute. Because this is a cool part about living here in Bartlett, is that they pave. They are paved. They are already paved. Thank you. They uh, plow the running paths. So that is really, really nice. <laughs> so I just step off the step off the course here for a second for that plow to go past me. So so anyway, that's uh, what I'm wearing. I go with the Asics instead of the Hoka's because uh, it is a little slushy in spots, a little wet. And I don't want to mess up my Hoka's quite yet. And plus, I just got my orthotics, and so don't want to mess those up either. So anyway, so I'm running along Bartlett Road, which goes through Bartlett. Go figure. So that's where you can hear the cars coming from. And then to my left is the Hawk Hollow Forest Preserve, which is one of my favorite places to run. Um, if you've read my blog, you'd know that I run there whenever possible. It's just a real beautiful, beautiful place to run. Um, it's not really a forest where I run through. Um, it's just a crash gravel path that goes through, uh, you know, some grasslands, I guess you want to call it. I can already tell the cold starting to scram on my brain because I can't remember the word for that. But, yeah. So it's really, it's not flat because there's a big hill in the middle of it, but it's just all tall grass and flowers and fescue. So, just getting to the corner of where a lot of my loops go through. Um, it's about nine-tenths of a mile into this run, so maybe I will talk to you longer than my first half, because I've got a couple other things to cover, but yeah, it's my, several of my loops go through this intersection, and it's a great place to store water, hide them in trees or something, and hey, things get really bad, there's a Bartlett Fire Station right here on the corner, so I got that going for me, but I'm hoping that the Hawk Hollow Path, the snow's gone by this weekend when I do my long run because, um, I'm sorry, uh, that basically is about four miles of my route, so around a couple loops around here and then four miles out and back on the Hawk, Hawk Hollow, and that's a good thing just to get on soft surfaces as much as possible. I didn't really think too much about it till a couple years ago where I was training on soft surfaces for 2013 Chicago Marathon. Became a really big believer after that, and I think that was really, when I look at what the pavement did to me in Chicago and how my legs and my Achilles and everything hurt 
for a couple weeks after that. Just really think if I had run the entire training cycle on pavement, I probably wouldn't have made it. So, about a mile into the run. So I guess I'll just keep talking even after I do turn around. But this just runs, this path right here runs about 10 or 15 feet from the road, which is why you can hear all this uh, car traffic. But it's a really good path. It's got a couple hills to it. Matter of fact, I'll start to go up one of them right now. And uh, not a lot of people, not a lot of traffic on here, so it's kind of nice. And uh, and it's a good three-mile loop, and if I go a little further, I can connect to a couple places and make it even longer. So I won't do that today, even though I'm a bit tempted, since I'm just getting back into things, but before I talk about that, don't know if you guys watched the Olympic Trials Marathon on Saturday, I hope you did, um, just a really good race on both sides, not at the end, but there was enough drum and intrigue to it to make it interesting, um, you know, the one thing the runners really had to deal with was the heat. It was really hot in LA on Saturday and even hotter than they had anticipated and I know a lot of the runners had a difficult time with that because you can sim something like that all you want but you know your body's Darcy just drove by me. So anyway your body is, uh, it just adjusts to a day the way it's going to adjust. I mean, people have propensities to run in the heat or the cold or whatever it is, but even then, even if you have that, even if you sim everything as much as you can, that day is that day. That's what makes that race so crazy. But uh, anyway, on the men's side, uh, Meb Kofleski finished second and qualified for his fourth Olympics. He's actually qualified for every Olympic Games in this millennium. So, and uh, I take that back. He didn't qualify, no. Yeah, he did. Either way. Anyway. <laughs> trying to play up that more than I even need to, but anyway, let's put it this way, it's his fourth time running in the game, so he ran a great race, of course the guy I was very impressed with was Galen Rupp, who had never raced longer than a half marathon, and that was a couple months ago. You know, you can sit there and say, oh, well, he's never run a marathon. Well, those guys run, you know, they do 20-mile long runs in training, so it's really not a stretch for them. You can tell I'm going up a hill because 
running the same pace and losing my breath a little bit. So now I'm on a downhill. And this part's really cool because it sits in, uh, in a little bit of a crest of a hill. And so you can see out all the over the forest preserve. And it's kind of cool at night. We're only about 15 miles from O'Hare Airport. So it's really cool to run at night because up here, behind this little high point, you can see all the planes coming and going. And one day I was running through here one night and I counted 24 planes were either on takeoff or final ascent. So hats off to the uh, people who get all those planes positioned in the sky where they need to be. Um, also along this path near this open field, every once in a while I'll see a couple coyotes. I actually was back over the summer. I didn't have my glasses on. It was dark. And my headlamp. And uh, I came like 15 feet for one. And they're really pretty timid. I mean, as long as you don't bother them, they're not going to bother you. So I just stopped running and stood there. And after a few seconds, he turned and ran away. So no big deal. Not any of the worst things I've ever encountered on a run. Actually, the worst one, while I'm on a tangent, the worst one was uh, one night I was running and came up behind this guy who, you know, had, uh, must have had headphones on, but he was just walking and he had a hoodie and he had a hat on and he's a little bundled up. And usually, when I come up aside behind somebody, I usually clear my throat or I spit or I do something to get their attention. Because, you know, normal, everyday people who don't run or bike or use a path don't really know the concept of on your left, on your right. So I just make a little noise, let them know I'm back here. And apparently this guy didn't hear me. And I got a few steps away from him. And uh, he turned around and he pulled his fist back. <laughs> thinking like somebody was going to jump him from behind. And I stopped and I go, whoa, dude. And he looks at me and he goes, he goes, oh man, I'm so sorry. So glad we both stopped when we stopped because if I'd have come running past him and he'd have turned and thrown that fist at me, it would have been a really bad day. So anyway, back to the Olympic trials. Really happy for Meb. I mean, I root for pretty much anybody in any sport who's in the over 40 crowd. So, you know, I'm 46. I'll be 47 in three months. So, you know, I root for anybody that can keep it going and keep uh, keep up with the young kids. So, But Galen Rupp was just fantastic. And, you know, he's been a really good really consistent runner for you know 15 years you know he's run as an Olympic silver medal in the 10,000 I'm turning it around by the way we've run 1.7 miles together right 
but he has an Olympic medal, and he uh, is representing the U.S. in Olympic and World Championship competition. So, he kind of had the idea he was going to run a good marathon. So, wow, talk about some technical difficulties there. Um, I, I just had started using a new um, voice recording thing on my phone, and for some odd reason, it pauses itself when you take a call. So, um, <laughs> I didn't know that. So, I, I rambled on for another 20 minutes for the rest of my run, and... Um, <clears throat> Didn't uh, didn't get any of it on tape, so fortunately it wasn't that long ago. So I'm gonna um, just go ahead and rehash some of that. But first of all, I hope you enjoyed me um, taking you on in a run with me. I didn't bore you all that much, but um, that was kind of fun. Uh, I think I will definitely be doing that again sometime soon, and I would next time promise I won't have any technical difficulties. So, anyway, um, to get back to what I was talking about, um, about the Olympic trials and Galen Rupp, you know, he's one of those guys that um, he, you know, has the, the chance to be a really great marathoner, and I think he will be. I know he's going to try and qualify for the Olympics on the track in the 10,000, and he's going to try and uh, do that double, but being that he's 30, um, there aren't a lot of 30-year-old 10,000-meter runners out there. So um, I know Meb gave up the 10,000 in his you know late 20s, and it, 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 it's one thing to go and run, you know, marathons at, at 4:45 per mile pace. Um, it's another thing to hit the track and have to run a 155 last 800 meters to you know win a race. That you don't have to do that. Most of the time in, in a marathon. So, um, Galen, I hope, moves to the marathon at some point and um, should be should be a force for a while. Um, so, yeah, you got to think that, you know, if you could have a six, eight, ten year career uh, like Meb's had uh, in the marathon, he'd be uh, pretty well set. So, uh, then on the women's side, or actually, let me ma- ma- mention the third-place guy, uh, Jared Ward. Don't know a lot about him. Um, I know he runs out of Utah in the Brigham Young program there, and he's coached by uh, Ed Eyestone, who's an Olympian. So I'm going to learn a little bit about him and Evie. It'd be cool if uh, I'm going to reach out to him and see if I could get him on the show or something. That'd be way cool. So, uh, and then, you know, for both the men and the women, um, before I get to the women, I want to take my hat off to both fourth place finishers um you know luke Pesquedra on the on the men's side and um kara goucher on the women's side I, you know that's got to be one of the toughest things you could ever have happen to you in your career is to finish fourth in an olympic trials i know uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the trials process basically there's a olympic standard which is a time or you know if you're a jumper or a thrower a distance you have to meet and then if you've met that, and you can be in the top three at your uh, at your event at the Olympic trials, then you go to the Olympics. So um, fourth place is is awfully tough to take. And um, <clears throat> you know I think Luke's got uh, a lot of good running, uh, you know, in front of him. He 
gave up running for a couple years, and then he ran the Chicago Marathon and finished in the top 10 last fall. Um, really crazy guy to watch because he's about six foot six. So he looks really different, six six, six seven. So he looks really different when he's running, you know, in a in a pack of uh, smaller runners. Uh, so he'll he'll get his chance in four years. Uh, you know, I don't expect Meb to uh, to be back. So uh, four years old, but you know what? You, with that guy, you just you just never know. But um, <clears throat> you know, he'll be back. And you know, there's Galen Rupp, and there's a couple of people that are that are up and coming runners. And and so Luke is is going to be in that group if if he sticks with it. So. Um, on the flip side, though, Kara Goucher, you know, she's 37. She's been at this for quite some time. So um, must have been devastating for her because it really was probably her last her last shot at, at getting to an Olympic Games unless she wants to hang in there and, and try again in, in four years, which, you know, if you still have the love, you should. You know, I, I really think Dina Castor, had she run this weekend, uh, would have had a shot at top three. Um, you know, she's been running well, so, you know, and, and Dina's 40 as well, so, you know, you just really never know. I think the way with training and nutrition and everything that we know now, I think you, you can run well into your 40s, and, and so we'll just see what she decides to do in the future. Um, the women's race was interesting because for most of it, there wasn't a lot of drama, um, Amy Craig and Shalane Flanagan, who are teammates and good friends, they uh, made a big move at about eight miles and were way, way, way out in front. But then uh, as the race got into its later stages, uh, Shalane Flanagan started suffering badly, very badly. So um, <clears throat> Amy, being the good friend and teammate she was, uh, is, stuck with her, and together they've, uh, you know, Went about as far as they could, and, and Shalene was getting delirious, and she was dehydrated, and, and so she um, told her to go ahead, and so Amy went ahead and won the race, and then Shalane got passed by uh, Des Linden for second, but she finished third. She picked up the last uh, transfer spot to Rio, and she was still uh, in front of Kara Goucher by maybe a minute, so it, it wasn't like she was in... Um, a lot of jeopardy as far as losing her Olympic spot. Maybe physically she was in jeopardy because, uh, you know, she couldn't barely stand when the race was over. But, um, you know, but they they uh, they got it done. And, you know, I, I will give Amy Craig credit for being such a good teammate. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I don't know if I would have done the same thing. But just to have watched her, you know, hang, just got her, kept her hanging in there and, kept her moving forward and helping her with her drinks and, and everything like that. So, um, <clears throat> so you know, that was just a, a great uh, act of sportsmanship. And, you know, being a good teammate is so, so high up on my list. Um, that's just important to me. So um, good for her for, for doing that. But, you know, I mean, but the one thing that, that it goes to show when you saw what happened to Shalane is just how difficult of a beast the marathon is to, you know, everybody, not just us, not just those of us that, that you know, um, run, you know, four or five hours or even three hours. I mean, it's it's tough for them, too. Um, I'm sure her preparation was impeccable. I'm sure she 
ran in hot weather, and I'm sure she simmed this as much as she could, but you can only sim stuff so many times. And, uh, you know, race day is race day, and your body reacts differently, and everything happens differently, and so, um, you know, it's just tough to sim that. And so, you know, she got caught up into it. But what was interesting is in the last couple miles, um, it was on a loop course, so uh, the men and women were, you know, passing each other at times, and um, the two of them, the leaders went by a guy who was running it, and it was obvious that he was suffering. And um, if they passed him, it probably means, you know, they ran 230, he must have run 240 or something like that. And I mean, this guy was suffering, he was probably running, he looked be running about eight minute miles. And it just goes to show how tough the race is for everybody, because to get into the men's trials, you have to run 220 or below. So this guy's a two a sub two twenty marathoner, and I you know he was relegated to running eight minute miles at at the end because the conditions were so hot. You know Mev Kaplegsky a few years ago in the New York Marathon he stopped and walked. I mean how crazy is that to think of an elite runner stopping and walking? You know, and a lot of runners when they reach that point they'll just step off the course. And you know Mev was thinking about doing that, and then a guy came up to him and said, hey, you know, come run with me and we'll finish together. And um, they did, and it was a really great moment. But, you know, it the marathon humbles everyone at some point. If you run enough of them, you will be humbled at one time or another. And I know I've had that one. Um, I hope to never have that one again. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in 2008, um, I tried to run it on a little training, and it was a really hot day. And um, you know, I ran five hours and 50 minutes, but the, the story was that I ran a three and a half hour second half. So the first half I was cruising, I was doing okay, and the second I ran, um, you know, three and a half hours. So it, it humbles everybody at least once. So if you've had that happen to you, don't be discouraged. It, it, you, just, you just work at it for next time. So um, <clears throat> so that's really about my, my thoughts about the Olympic trials. and. And just how uh, I really enjoy I really enjoy Olympic years. Let's put it that way. Um, I really enjoy watching the trials in a lot of different sports. I mean, um, you know, even for the Winter Games, I enjoy watching the curling. I enjoy watching, you know, sports. And maybe I don't follow them all the time, but um, but I, I do follow them when it's an Olympic year. So you know, I'll be I'll be following swimming and I'll be following track even more than I do. And it's just uh, it's just a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the real games um, this summer. So, you know, my th final thought of the day comes down to what I talked about at the beginning: um, getting back on the road. Uh, you know, I just have gone through a really bad patch the last couple weeks, um, just in a funk that I can't, couldn't, I guess, can't. I, I got to use past tense because I think I'm I'm out of it, but just struggling, struggling, and I don't know what was going on, and, and I don't know, um, you know, what it, what it was doing to me. I was just really discouraged, and some of that was the result of just not feeling great about myself, and then, um, you know, there were some things on the internet that got me down a little bit, and, you know, one thing about the internet is it is great for the running community. It's probably been you know, one of the biggest things that it's brought the running community together when you look at the internet, when you look at social media, uh, when you look at all that stuff, but at the same time, 
you know, when you're when you're in a in a funk or in a certain situation, uh, it tends to bring you down a little bit too. And there and there are haters in the running community anyway. Um, you know, you, you, like you go to the website letsrun.com, and I don't think anybody who posts on that site really likes running. It just seems like you know, they all hate running. They all hate other runners. They hate people that are slower than them. They think everybody faster than them is on drugs. You know, I mean, it's just as that. So there are places all over the internet where you can go and find haters. But you know, it's just tough sometimes when you're struggling. When you're struggling with your weight. When the weight's not coming off, like where I'm at right now. And and you know, you see these people on Instagram or whatever, and, and you know, they're just ripped. And they're like, oh, I just finished a an eight mile run and. I swam six miles in the pool, and then I did a two-hour kettlebell workout. You know, and you're just sitting there going, I'm happy for you. I'm proud for you. You inspire me. But at the same time, you're making me feel like absolute crap. I mean, I just got to I just gotta say how I feel about that. And, and I don't feel that way all the time. But I just feel that, that there are just times where it's just like crap. You know, there's a part of me that just wants to, to get closer to being somebody like that. You know, and, and call it being envious, call it being whatever. You know, I ended up beating myself up, you know, when, when I get into situations like that. And then um, I might have talked about or referred to a situation I had a few weeks ago where I was trying to help somebody, a friend of mine on Facebook, giving her some ideas about fueling, um, you know, for her workouts and things like this. And somebody just really absolutely shot me down and I know you know that I could have been a jerk and I could have said you know what are your qualifications what are you you know what do you have you know in your life that makes you a credible source for this kind of stuff and I know deep down that she really wasn't because she was just on the whole you know you need to do bars you need to do shakes you need to do this you need to do that she wasn't even talking about food she was talking about, you need to start using all the supplements and everything. So she was either trying to sell her something, or she wants her to, become a, her to become a CrossFitter. I don't know. But I'm thinking more of the former. I think she was just one of these people who her, her qualifications to make these type of comments is she sells something and she read it on the internet. You know, as opposed to me and, and all of my experiences. But I guess it just made me feel, it's like, am I too old school? Am I too, you know, stuck on stuff that, that you know, should I should I be doing this stuff myself? Maybe that would help me lose weight. I, it was just a lot of stuff that just really got into my head. And so when, you know, when I'm in a bad patch, stuff like that sounds like it's being screamed through a megaphone at me. You know, I mean, I can, most of the time when I'm feeling good, I can push those voices. But when I'm not, it just screams at me like that. And so... You know, it just was it just was tough because I started really bagging on myself. I started to say, hey, you know, why do you even do your blog? Because not a lot of people read it. Why do you even do this podcast? Because, you know, 20, 25 people a week listen to it, you know. But then I got to realize that I do this for me. And that's all I really got to concern myself about. I'm glad that people... You know, numbers great and small. I'm glad that people join me on this journey, but I don't... Um, you know, I'm just like really realizing that I've got to put myself first when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I've also got to remember that, you know, we're, we're all guilty of it, but whatever you see on the internet is usually somebody's greatest hits. 
you know, it's usually somebody, you know, did something badass or they, you know, and they want to talk about it. And that's great. That's great. I do, I do the same thing, but you know, it's, it's a rare person who can say, yeah, I went for a five mile run and I had to stop at home and use the bathroom because I was feeling sick and then I almost threw up and then, you know, I had to walk and man, this run was an absolute death march. You know, nobody's going to put that. Um, you might infer it, but nobody's going to say this run was an absolute death march and it sucked. You know, nobody does that. Everybody's like, hey, I just finished five miles, you know, and stuff. I mean, I do it. Um, so again, I'm not bagging on anybody, but, but that's just what we're kind of inclined to do. I think, um, you know, we're always inclined as people to put our best foot forward. And, and so I think that especially applies to, um, to the internet and to social media. So, you know, I, but it just was killing me. And so I, I ended up, this was really funny. The last few days, I feel like I've been working away from it. And then um, I just had this vision yesterday, and it was the coolest thing. Darcy and I went downtown, and we got a uh, massage. And then we went to uh, lunch at the Blue Agave restaurant, which if you like Mexican food and you're in Chicago, you need to go to the Blue Agave. You just need to. It's on Maple Street, um, Maple and Clark, I think, and uh, on the uh, near north side near Lincoln Park. And just, oh my gosh, just great food. The margaritas are phenomenal. Um, so, you know, it's just a great, great, great place to eat. So, highly recommend it. Anyway, um, we were leaving the restaurant and, and I was starting to drive home. And I'm just driving down the street, and it's snowing, and so I'm trying to focus on my driving to all this stuff. And I just had this vision, and I hadn't had it before. And it was just the craziest thing because it was a vision of me at, as a skinny person, or at least a smaller version of myself. Um, it was me fit, skinny, running fast. I just, I mean, looking down the street, I just got this picture in my mind of that guy, and. No matter what, I, I just have never had that before. You know, I mean, I try and lose weight, and I don't do very well at it. And part of it is because I don't see myself losing 40 or 50 pounds. You know, I don't see myself going, you know, yeah, this is what I'm going to look like. I don't see myself like that. And that's where my struggle has been. But it's like this vision, it, it's weird. And, you know, please keep listening because it makes sense. But, but this vision is was just like a like a thing in my mind where it's like I saw that guy, you know, and I'd never done that before. And I thought, okay, I've seen that guy. Now I know I can do this, you know, and it was just such a crazy moment for me. Um, and it's just losing weight's really hard because, you know, I can sit here now. Here it is, February 15th, and Chicago Marathon's eight months away. And, you know, I can picture myself doing that. I can picture myself getting ready and training and making the sacrifices and doing what I need to do to run the marathon. I can see myself. I could see myself clear as day because I think about it a lot. I can see myself clear as day finishing Chicago Marathon. And I mean, yeah, it's easy to say because I've done it before, but still, I, I, I always have that vision. But before now, I didn't have that vision of running the Chicago Marathon and being 40 pounds lighter. I didn't have that. Now I have it. And that that's what really I think is, is what I was looking for. And, and maybe it's just because I've been, I know I pitched the 
um, the Body Kindness podcast a couple weeks ago. And maybe it's just because of, of that, listening to that and listening to my friend Bernie and some of the great things that Rebecca has to say. Uh, maybe it's that. Maybe it's just uh, reconnecting a little bit with, with Bernie. We've been talking on the phone and sending each other texts and all this other kind of stuff. Maybe reconnecting with Bernie that way has, has got me uh, a little more uh, just able to, to picture that vision. But um, I have it now. I have it now. And, and that's what I think I really, really needed. And you know, one thing that uh, will be a little bit of a silver lining uh, about Darcy being gone, and there isn't much of a silver lining because I'm going to miss her like crazy, but, um, you know, she's going to be gone for 10 days, and I'm going to really make the point over the next 10 days to just, you know, eat right, drink water, get my runs in, you know, but most of all, I'm going to focus on just today, you know, instead of, and, and that was what was getting to me about my running, too, is that I had this number, you know, I had to be at 25 miles a week, and, you know, I've got this half marathon coming up, and I've got to do this, and, you know, it was, it, that was also getting to where it was making running less fun, so um, I'm just going to worry about today, I'm going to worry about just eating right today, and, and I'm going to worry about getting my run in, and I'm just going to worry about the stuff I can control and get back to that rather than worrying about people on the internet or worrying about how many miles I'm running, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to take, you know, take it day by day and get it done. So, um, I'm excited about that. So <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me on my run today. Thanks for uh, listening to, uh, the podcast and, uh, you know, I'll see you out on the road sometime. I, I hope to, uh, get a, um, race in here in the next couple of weeks and uh, then uh, Matt and I are racing uh, in four weeks three and a half weeks something like that on March 12th and then we start running half marathons so I'm looking forward to you guys being on this journey with me so thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon <laughs>